Let's look at the word today uh, in Proverbs 14, but let's take a moment to pray before we do. Father, in the name of Jesus, now we thank you for being with us, for being on our side, for being for us and not against us. Lord, we believe that you're at work in our lives, in our church today, and in this nation. And we ask you to direct our, our every step, the rest of the service here. May every word be directed by you and inspired by you. And may each person have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that are open and receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so based on that verse of Scripture, we started a mini-series last week that will probably go until next week called Exalting a Nation. We've been given clear biblical instruction on how to make our nation better. And of course, in this time, uh, a very critical time, we're about to vote uh, next week. I said, we, that means we is code for everybody. (laughs) We are all, unless you already have via absentee, we are all going to vote next week. You're going to have to do better than that. (laughs) Or I'm going to have to preach last week's message again. And I'd really rather get to something else. Next week we are all going to vote. (laughs) All right. And so uh, the reason this is so important, of course, we need to know how to vote. Many people, they don't have a proper basis for their decisions that they make. Some are just, well, we've always been a... And they name their political party. And, and my family's always voted this way. And, and, and just different things like that. But we've, we're believers here, most of us anyway. And uh, uh, we need to make this the, the source of our decision making. What does thus saith the Lord concerning certain issues, certain values, certain principles? Because we know that righteousness has got to guide our decisions. And if we can get righteousness in our nation... It will be exalted, right? If we can get, how do we do that? Well, of course, that starts with us as individuals, but certainly includes those in authority. When those in authority are walking in righteousness, then our nation is going to go higher. We're all going to benefit as a result of it. And so we must keep these principles in mind. Now, today I want to deal with a uh, kind of a hot button issue. It's a, it's a subject that has become mainstream in the sense of media uh, over the last 10, 20 years, where before that it was not discussed much, okay? But now it's all over the place. Everybody ready? I don't want you to get nervous about this now. We're going to talk about homosexuality, all right? Yeah, Uh, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to get God's perspective on the subject, Right. Now, first of all, let me tell you, if you are someone who deals with that, maybe you call yourself that, a homosexual, or you, you have in the past, or, you, or maybe you never have behaved that way, but you struggle with it. I don't want you to get nervous either, okay? I want you to know that you are loved, and you are accepted, and we don't condemn anybody, okay? I am not making, because... I know we'll look at the scriptures, but 
you know where I'm going. Uh, I'm not making this the sin. And acting like this is the most horrific thing that a person can do, but everything else, you know, we just make it put on a lower level and this is it. <laughs> well, that, that's just not the case, okay? So be, uh, be, be still, <laughs> be at peace, and get ready for some answers. Get ready for some victory. Get ready for some help. I do have some experience. I wouldn't call myself an expert in that arena, but I do know the word. And I have some experience working with those uh, who are in that lifestyle. And I've seen people come out of that lifestyle, contrary to popular uh, opinion via media, that, you know, once you are, you are. Uh, you know, many, many thousands of people have come out of that and are much happier, much gayer. <laughs> today than they were when they were gay. You know what I'm talking about. That word's kind of taken on some different meanings, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and so we want to go along these lines and, and discuss this issue. Of course, these things are in the media, in movies, and television so much these days. It's hard to go see a movie or watch a television program that doesn't contain some reference or a blatant outright in-your-face demonstration of these type of events. And so it's not something that we as the church and we as believers can just kind of hide, uh, hide from and not ever discuss or talk about. We must absolutely um, know where the Lord stands on these issues. What does the Bible have to say about it? Many, again, like I said, are trying to promote a homosexual lifestyle as being equal to and an equal equivalent of a heterosexual relationship and marriage. Of course, we know there are those who are activists in this arena. There are those who have an agenda to uh, make um, homosexual marriage legal all across the country and make it on par, like I said, with heterosexual marriage. We know in our state that we've added it to our constitution to give it some protection. But if you know how things work these days, anything can happen. And I don't know about you, but some of the courts make me nervous. And even though, we, even though it's in our constitution as our state, we know California is going to be voting on it next week, and there's a whole lot of money and a whole lot of uh, uh, well-known people getting behind this idea, like I talked about last week, to secularize our society. Okay, we must hold our ground. When it comes to this issue, as well as others, we must stand firm and not move with the culture. Okay, and that will happen. We will move with the culture if we haven't already. Okay, if we don't decide, I am going to hold fast to God's perspective on this issue and not bend even for a second. Now, here's the good news about that. God's perspective is compassion. It is love, it is forgiveness, it is deliverance, it is, it is freedom. But it's not a, I'm just going to accept all and receive all and, and make it, make it uh, and act like everything is okay with any behavior. That's not our God. If you think he's that way, call again. You got the wrong number because <laughs> you got the wrong guy. That's not the way he is. And so we need to have the same perspective. I know, uh, again, comparing to just a number of years back, 
well, just a few years ago, uh, when I was in high school, um, <laughs> which was actually, uh, it was in the, I graduated from high school in 1985, all right, just so you know the time frame that I'm talking about. But this kind of stuff was hardly discussed then. It was definitely not seen, at least not where I was, and I was in public school, okay? And, uh, but I've had teenagers tell me in recent years, uh, one young lady took told me how she walked into the girls' bathroom to witness a live display of, you know, homosexual activity by a couple teenage girls. And I thought, really? Wow, I know things of, you know, in the media, but just just no shame. And it's becoming so accepted. I mean, they have parades, like, in public. (laughs) Wow. We went, to, we went to Disney World several years ago. It was the wrong week. <laughs> How do you put together Mickey Mouse and Gay Day? Where it's just where people come from all over the world to hook up. Yikes. They had, while I'm talking about it, they had at the... Uh, San Diego Padres baseball game, stadium. I believe it was this year, if I'm remembering right. They had, on the same day they were giving out hats or little bats or something to the kids, the exact same day was also their homosexual day, whatever they called it. Can you say stupid? Now listen, I'm not condemning any person who's struggling with this. You'll see that as we're going along. You're going to be helped. Okay, but this is the way our society is going, and it's foolish. And that stuff has taken such prominence. Again, they do those, those, uh, you know, parades and all that kind of stuff in public. You know, wearing the leather and all this kind of stuff, and and just celebrating something that should not be celebrated. And it's not good for people. It's not good for them. It's not good for the rest of us now to let our minds be shifted concerning that issue. Whether you've ever dealt with it on a personal level, this is the foundation. We must have God's thoughts concerning this subject. Amen. I want you to look at Leviticus. We want to look in the Word of God, but we'll start in the Old Testament. We need to answer the question for ourselves, is homosexuality just an alternative lifestyle or is it sin? Leviticus chapter 18, really if we go, if we went all the way back to Genesis without it specifically being mentioned there in the first few chapters, you can see God's design. God created man, male and female, he created them, that's his plan, that's the way. But how many know if you get rid of the Bible, you can still answer this question accurately. You can study biology. You can look at the outward, and you recognize, okay, I see how this is supposed to work. It's biologically normal for man and woman to be together. That's why 100% of us are here. A man and a woman got together, and here we are. And we're keeping it going, (laughs) right? 
again, without any kind of uh, Bible verse to tell us what's right and wrong, it's a part of nature. And there are some things that are just unnatural. But again, those things get clouded over. And if you get hit by stuff over and over again, just pound away, pound away with certain um, belief systems and you need to accept everything as equal and normal, after a while that stuff will eat away at your convictions and what you see as normal will even get clouded. And you won't, you won't even be logical concerning the issue. But let's go back to the word. We're not going to study biology. That, that was our biology lesson right there. Figure it out. Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. This is under the law. Now, we're not under the law, but we want to get what, what was under that, uh, the Old Testament law. It says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Is that clear? Not talking about taking a nap. Leviticus chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male... As he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So you can see in their day, it was capital punishment for that, for that crime. All right? And that was sin. Even though we're not under the law of Moses, would you agree that God still feels the same way about that today? Knowing that he does not change, even though Jesus came to fulfill the law, does God, would he still say that homosexuality is, in his words, an abomination? Yes. What does it mean? What does an abomination mean? It means a disgusting thing. It means detestable. We need to be clear in regards to our God and how he thinks about that type of behavior. He says it's disgusting. He says it is detestable. Oh. Why do I bring it out like that? By definition. If the Lord says that behavior is disgusting and detestable and abomination, then we should say the same. We should not depart from that conviction and that stance even for a moment. Are we saying that a person is disgustable and detesting? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we'll, I'll wrap my arms around anyone who's involved with homosexuality and say, you're accepted. You're accepted in him. And I love you. Say, do you want homosexuals to come to church here? Yes. Yes, that's what we're all about homosexual or any other kind of sin bring them on in we are the church and we will restore and forgive and love and and help a person get free we listen we must not be deceived by the smiley face that's put on this behavior by in media to make us believe that everyone who's engrossed in that kind of lifestyle is just really fulfilled and happy and having a good time I'm telling you, you either know that firsthand or maybe you know it through somebody else or if you don't know it up front, trust me. That is not the case. The vast majority of people living that lifestyle are miserable. 
there is something on the, even if they're not saved, even if they don't know the truth from the Word of God, there is something that eats them on the inside. And it wants to be portrayed, they want it to be portrayed as this is just it, this is uh, the way that we're, uh, this is the way that I'm fulfilled and I'm just happy with my lifelong partner. And, uh, and that's a myth, by the way, too. That lifelong partner thing, I think there's one of them. No, I'm exaggerating. But that gets promoted as the example of what happens in that lifestyle. The vast majority of them are a hundred million partners. Okay? And it's producing a lot of sadness. But it's promoted as, hey, I'm gay. No, you're not. But we need to recognize it. Why? So we have compassion. So we recognize there's a hurting person on the inside. There's someone struggling, okay? And they're not likely to tell you that unless they get to rock bottom. But again, the biblical foundation is this. And this is what God says about it. And it's only this idea of this being an abomination, being detestable, that's the way everybody feels about it unless they're either struggling with it themselves or they've been uh, moved by the changing culture and their mind has been over time shifted to say, oh, but we need to accept and embrace every kind of behavior and lifestyle. Other than that, it's naturally repulsive to people. Okay, why is that? It's again because that's the way God is and that's the way we need to remain. Many of you know the story in Genesis 19 about Sodom and Gomorrah and the reason for the judgment and destruction of those cities was homosexuality. If you go back and read the story, we won't today, but it's pretty graphic how ridiculous these people got concerning sexual stuff. Just way out there to the point, of course this was pre-Christ and everything, but it demanded judgment. They had to be wiped off the map. It was a horrendous situation happening. What about, what about when people talk about the gay gene? What about the idea, and this is embraced by most people in the lifestyle, that I was born a homosexual. I was born this way, and there's nothing I can do about it. I will always be this way. Okay? Well... Uh, first of all, they haven't found it that yet. That's not a reality. Some scientific proof of a biological condition that makes someone that way. Secondly, even if they find one, if they come up with something tomorrow, they said, oh, we got it. This is the reason why people are that way. There's nothing they can do about it. It's just the way they are. I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. Even if someone could find some type of biological or physical reason that explained why a person behaved a certain way, in this case, homosexual behavior, then uh, that does not mean, even for a second, that somehow God was behind it and he ordained that the person be that way. Think about this. There are children born with disease. There are children born with mental problems, deformities. There are children born with physical problems and deformities. 
are we going to say because a person is that way, is born that way, that that is God's plan? No. I mean, I realize some may have some funky theology and they think God makes kids born that way, but that's not, that's not true, no matter what they say. But, and, and likewise, even if someone was born, which I don't think they are, but even if someone was born with a predisposition towards that type of lifestyle, that doesn't mean that God made them that way. It's called we live in a fallen world. It's called we, we, uh, people's bodies have been affected by sin, affected by our fallen world. And some people come in life with a greater challenge than others, and there's no question about that. Some people have some things to overcome that not everybody else does. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's the will of God. It's just the fact in our fallen sinful world and we've got to learn to deal with it. Amen. But again, here's the common mindset towards that. A person is struggling with sin, with that particular sin. They have a te- they're tempted. They have a desire for homosexual relationships and so they fight them, especially if they've been trained, if they've been taught the word, if, or even without the word, that just that that's not normal. Then oftentimes they'll try to resist it, they'll try to fight it, and they'll try to not go down that path for a period of time. But so many times they get to a place where they say, I'm going to stop fighting this. I'm just going to accept who I am. I'm just this, I'm going to accept who I am, and you need to accept who I am too, and just embrace me for what, what I am. This is how God made me. And then a person dives headlong into that type of lifestyle, okay? Is that the correct way of dealing with it? Let me present to you another case. Uh, there's a guy, and he's married, and he has a desire to sleep with other women, in fact, he sees him on TV and walks in the mall and he just finds himself drawn towards women that he's not married to. And so one day he finally throws up his hands and says, you know what, I'm going to stop fighting this. I'm an adulterer. I was born an adulterer. And that's just the way I am. I'm never going to be happy until I accept who I am. And so I've just accepted that that's just the way I'm going to. I am not a one-woman man. I'm just going to. I've just got to sleep with lots of them. And you need to accept me for that too. Okay. And, and, and I need, in fact, I need special privilege in the law to protect my status as an adulterer. Or, or, or for example, a person who... Uh, struggles with alcohol they've become an alcoholic should that person get to a place after trying to overcome it and resist it say throw up their hands and say you know what i just need to accept who i am i am an alcoholic i was born an alcoholic i were that's the way god made me i'm just going to start drinking and not feeling guilty about it i'm going to get drunk and i'm going to beat people up i'm going to you know get in car accidents kill a few people uh you know, just do a lot of stuff because that's who I am and I need to accept it and you just need to accept that about me. Does that, does that make any sense to you? I know at times in my life I'm tempted to eat too much. Should I throw up my hands, throw caution to the wind? 
I am none holding back. You need to accept me. I am a fat person. I, I, I desire to eat too much, and I'm just always going to be that way. That's the way God made me. <laughs> Here's the deal. If I don't want to be that way, I need to take aggressive action, don't I? And not just define myself, and here's the key, not define myself by my desires. The person who desires homosexual relationships, person who desires, uh, you know, other women, uh, if they're married, you know, uh, all these things. You do not define yourself by your desires. Just because you feel a certain way or have a craving or a desire for something, that doesn't mean that's who you are. And that seems most logical, but it is totally turned around when it comes to this very issue that we're dealing with. Because someone feels something, they desire, they want, they identify with it and say, that's who I am, that's who I'm always going to be, you need to accept me. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Love that person? Yes. Help them? Yes. Put my stamp of approval on that kind of lifestyle no pressured into it because someone calls me a hater for not accepting their lifestyle no i'm going to rise above it and help them if we don't we'll never be a help to anyone who's in bondage to that if we're deceived and think well you know just different folks different strokes different lifestyles different behaviors different people are just different we need to accept everyone like they are no 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 not going to do it I'm not a help to anyone if I take that viewpoint. Amen. Now turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We want to give you two New Testament scriptures as well. And some of you are aware of these scriptures. That's fine. That's good. Be strengthened in them. If you're not aware of them, be educated. Know what the Bible says about this subject. Because it's a biggie today. I, I would encourage you to have a biblical view of all this stuff. Not just a cultural view. Not an acceptable lifestyle. We are not to tolerate sin. Listen, when these things are in movies, when jokes are, tell, are told and, and made, these subjects are made light of, can I encourage you a certain way? Don't laugh. Cringe. Even if it's funny to your head. Because I understand that. A lot of things are funny to me. Look down on the inside. Catch the heart of God concerning an issue. Because you'll know sometimes you'll be laughing in your head. But down in your spirit there'll be a groan. And we don't want to be susceptible to that type of lifestyle. And listen, the first step to being involved with anything is just simply accepting it. It's simply not standing up against it. You know, we think, ah, that's nice, that's funny. No, cringe. No, think, ah, oh, that, that'll keep you from ever going down that path. I know many think, I, I could never do that. I think that way too. I could never go down that, that pathway. But listen, I have flesh. You have flesh. Understand the very nature of that flesh that if you don't put a stop to it, it can do anything. One thing after another, and things build up, and you could be the very one that you're condemning today. <laughs> but you're not condemning, right? Romans chapter 1, 
talking to a group of people who here, verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Notice they didn't acknowledge God. They didn't give him his place. He gave them over. He's not smacking them down. He said, fine, you're going to do that. Have at it. And he gave them over to a debased mind. And they did all these kind of behaviors. Notice the language used, not fitting. He said it's unnatural. He called it vile passions. He called it shameful. These are all the words used in describing homosexual activity. This is New Testament. This is the way the Lord feels about this today okay and we need to likewise have the same idea it's interesting he he mentioned in here them receiving the penalty of their error which was due it's not that god is swiping down every person who is involved in that activity or otherwise everyone would have the exact same repercussions right but there seems to be penalties involved with that lifestyle and I've heard some even who have come out of that lifestyle and have given their lives to the Lord and, and are free from it today. I've heard some of them say that um, one of the things they think is a penalty is how it changes many, uh, oftentimes in men, it changes their speech. And we see, we see it as a character, you know, just a characteristic and, you know, people mock it or whatever. But uh, this per- person that I was listening to who came out of it, he had that that lisp or whatever and that that way of talking he saw it because he didn't have it before he got in that lifestyle and he he saw that was one of the penalties we all we can talk about uh, diseases that are rampant in that type of lifestyle you know we all know about aids and someone say well you know heterosexuals can get aids too and, and and some do no doubt but you look at at statistics the vast majority of it is in the homosexual community Huge, by a huge vast majority. And it's not, mo- most, it's not mostly sp- spread through drug use. Some of it is. Most of it is spread through those activities. Okay? Again, I'm not saying God does that. No, God puts sickness on Jesus. But there are stuff, there's stuff that's built into, into sin. Built into sin, and people are on risky ground. And, of course, we got Bible on it that says there is some type of penalty. We're, to some degree, speculating as to what that penalty might be. But that is definitely a reality. We should answer this question. Why do people desire homosexuality? If you are listening to my voice today and you have a desire that way. You have been tempted in that. Or maybe you're living that way. Why? I think I know why. Okay. I'm not an expert on it per se. But I've dealt with, I've dealt with it some and helped some people. And I know the word of God. But why do people desire it at all? Pastor, if you're saying they weren't born that way, then why? Okay, here we go. First of all, understand some personalities seem to be more susceptible to that type of behavior than others. Where some, they're never tempted with it. Probably a lot of us in here, probably the, probably the majority, 
In fact, I'd say it most certainly. The majority of us have never and will never be tempted with those type of things. So it's hard to even understand, understand someone who is. I mean, it's hard for me to understand. Like when, that, when the guy came to me um, and told me about his desire ever since he was a teenager to dress like a woman. And I knew the guy. Athlete, jock, you know, kind of a tough guy. And I thought, you're kidding me. Showed me his other identity. Wasn't Clark and Superman either. <laughs> it was Clark and Wonder Woman. <laughs> and uh, and I make, I, 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 we joke about this and, and so forth, but I didn't make light of the situation because to him it was a struggle. Even though I couldn't comprehend it from a personal experience. I'm like, Wow. Why do you want to do this? But he was really struggling with it. Okay, I'm telling you, there's a work of the enemy there in the guy's life, and because it's an abnormal situation. But here, here, let me say this. I don't think I said this this service, but it, forgive me if I repeat myself here. Uh, but the culture these days wants to make provision for all that stuff, not say we're going to help you overcome it. That's the difference in the church. You know, when you've got Boise State University creating a transgender bathroom. Give me a break. When you've got, when you've got people who are incarcerated, who feel like they're a woman trapped into a man's body, and they petition and the court rules in their favor that we as taxpayers should provide them uh, hormones so they can start their transformation into becoming a woman. Double dumb. That's where we live today. That's what's happening in our society. Someone's got to stand the line. Someone's got to take a stand and say, no, I want to help those people. I want, to, I want them to get attention, but not like that. Don't cater to their problem. They've obviously got to screw loose. huh? Someone needs to help them put it back together. They need some counsel. Really, they need the church. Yep. I understand how the government's not necessarily going to say that, but they could at least say they need some, some help, some counsel to get their head screwed on straight. Can't they recognize the problem is up here and it's not in their body? You don't create another bathroom. You give someone counsel, help them fix their life. I'm not a real big fan of running from problems. And I see people do it. They got a problem. I don't know how I'm going to overcome. That's the point. You don't know how you're going to overcome. There are people who do know how. There are people who do have answers. And so you don't run away because you don't know. You go to the person who has answers because they know. And then you can fix your problem and stay put where you're supposed to be. Anyway, I didn't get to this list yet. Three things. Why do people desire homosexuality? Number one, because of emotional hurts from the past. Emotional hurts from the past. What am I talking about? I'm talking about sexual abuse. That's a big one. A whole lot of people who are homosexuals today have been abused. A lot of them sexually abused. As children, most of the time. Sometimes very young. There are some that don't even remember it. But it affected them in a serious way, and they deal with it for decades to come. And when they become a teenager, all this confusion steps in. And it is because of that 
abuse that took place. Not everyone who's sexually abused as a child becomes a homosexual, but a lot of them do. That's one of the ways the enemy gets into a person's life. What should that do for us? When you know someone who's struggling, I'll tell you what it does for me, compassion. Because I know, you know, without them telling me, I don't know if that's the specific issue, but I know a lot of times that is. A lot of times, something was done to them out of their control as a young child. And for us to stand up and just be in judgment and say, you know, you're going to hell because you're this and that. and How foolish. Who knows what you would be like if someone had done. And some of you might be sitting here saying, well, it did happen to me and I've overcome. Praise God. And you're an example of God's power and, 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 and forgiveness and, and restoration that he can do in a person's life. But I'm telling you, a lot of people are stuck because of what happened to them at a very young age. That's one of the reasons we're not throwing stones at anybody, but we're here to help. Other, other types of emotional hurts, simply sometimes a lack of a father, sometimes rejection, even though it wasn't physical abuse or sexual abuse, sometimes just the rejection that they received at a young age. Those things combine sometimes with certain personalities. They come together and all of a sudden that person becomes vulnerable to temptation and confused concerning their identity. Number two, number two, it is the next step in their perverted life. Not talking about the first person now, but it, this is another reason why some go that road. It's the next step in their perverted life. What do I mean by that? People have no restraints sexually, and they go and sex with everything that moves know what I'm talking about? Everybody, and, and they go down that path, and it's almost like a drug. You know, they started smoking pot, but then they needed something a little stronger. And they needed something a little bit more. And their body craved more and more, and they got to have something stronger, kind of like I do that with salsa. <laughs> I, I, this is good. <sighs> you got anything else? <laughs> <laughs> you got any man salsa? <laughs> and I have some stuff at home that will put you in the hospital. <laughs> if you take very much. Take. It's almost like a drug. <laughs> if you eat. Uh, but anyway, people do that with their, their life. And the next step is, well, i got to experience something new. It's another experimentation. That's how some people get into that lifestyle. The Bible word is, is lasciviousness. All right, Galatians chapter 5, it's a work of the flesh. It's an absence of restraint. I'm not going to spell lasciviousness for you, but <laughs> if you're taking notes, it's an absence of restraint. Look it up. And, uh, and, and there must be restraints on all of us, on our flesh, or it'll run wild. It'll go crazy and lead us in a place we don't want to go. Number three, it is demonic influence. Why, are pe why do people desire homosexuality? Demonic influence. Now, I, I understand that number three is oftentimes in correlation with number one and two. Sometimes through that abuse, that's how demons get access into a person's life. Sometimes when people have no restraint, they go so far, they open themselves up to demonic influence. And this is def definitely something that the devil is involved with. Say, ah, oh, junk, so that's maybe why I feel the way I do. Well, listen, don't worry about it. We have authority over the devil. You, if you've received the Lord, have authority over the devil. If you're being harassed in that area, you can be free. This is not difficult. 
Amen. But uh, when we talk about this subject, what sometimes those critical of what I'm teaching today, I've heard some say this, because we looked at Old Testament, New Testament. When I give you one more, that's 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, We'll get there in a second. Uh, They'll say about this, yeah, but what did Jesus have to say about this? And they'll say, Jesus never addressed homosexuality. I know that that, you know, Romans did and, and, and the law did, but Jesus didn't say anything about it. First of all, uh, that doesn't matter. Because the same inspiration that Jesus had, he got from the Father, is the same source that Paul was speaking from. Okay, but secondly, I want you to think about this. There's a ton of things Jesus didn't talk about, at least we don't have record of. He didn't condemn bestiality. You going to say that's Okay. What about pedophilia? I don't remember his sermon on that either. Hmm? I don't re- There's a whole number of things that you could really list and talk about and say, well, Jesus didn't say anything about it, so I guess it's okay. He didn't say, don't eat rat poison either. <laughs> We're supposed to have a brain. Hmm? And a lot of times when Jesus did deal with, with uh, certain sins, adultery and so forth, he was answering questions about the law that they were under at that time and so he's given a response and but he was the author of truth and he had a different message primarily okay but this should also be discussed did jesus ever meet a homosexual were there homosexuals in that day and if they met jesus how did he respond to them the answer to that is yes he did and he did respond to them but how watch this You ever read where Jesus cast out an unclean spirit? I know for a long time I used to read right over that stuff and I just thought the devil's dirty. You know, I mean all spirits would be in one sense, in a generic sense, unclean, right? But that's not what it means. When he cast out an unclean spirit, it was a certain type of spirit, right? And again, go to Galatians 5. And you read the works of the flesh. The first group there talks about adultery and fornication, lasciviousness that we talked about. It also talks about uncleanness. What is uncleanness? It is a sexual perversion. When Jesus cast unclean spirits out of people, they were involved in sexual perversion. What's the most common among those? I'm telling you, it's called homosexuality. Jesus cast demons out of those who were homosexuals to get them free. I'm not saying that every person who's ever been tempted with it necessarily has a demon, but I'm not saying it's not true either. I'm, not, uh, I'm, I'm saying at the same time, definitely some people have the physical presence of a demon that's uh, moving them that way. But again, that's not a, not a big deal. You know, no step for a stepper. <laughs> right? Because we're, we're, we're the church. We got the power of God. We got the name of Jesus. Got the word. We are filled with strength and might. And we have his wisdom. And we can deal with this kind of stuff. And if you're struggling with it, I want you to take a big deep breath and say, good. Because you're not going to live in bondage to that forever. You're not going to be held under the thumb of the enemy for the rest of your life. Feeling like you're something that you're not. I'm telling you who you really are. And that's 1 Corinthians 6. Let's, let's, Let's go there and finish up. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 
number nine. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Let me bring out this point real quick. First of all, we are not making this sin the sin. This is is not the preeminent sin that a person can be involved with. It is sin, but so is covetousness. So are a lot of other things. And so we're not just teaching a message on this because we think, man, this is the big evil of our society. Well, this is a big, like I said at the beginning, a hot-button issue. It's, a, it's being promoted, so we must tackle it. Okay? But it is one of those things that people get deceived on where usually someone who's a thief, someone who's an adulterer, that's pretty much condemned in our society still and seen as bad but this is being propped up as normal it's in the same list okay but these people or this is the condition of of them uh homosexuality was part of it but look at verse 11 it says and such were some of you such were some of you. what do you mean such were some of you used to be homosexuals some of you used to be homosexuals what does that mean that they're not anymore so much for that idea that people can't change he said a bunch of you now if you know anything about the church at corinth they were a messed up group and this was one of the areas they had they had sex coming out their ears i mean they really had a lot of stuff going on there notice he said again you used to be this way But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Let me ask you this question. When did they cease to be homosexuals? The day they were justified, the day they were cleansed and washed and set free. That was the moment they were no longer homosexuals. This is a very powerful principle that we need to understand. Some people wonder if someone can be a Christian and a homosexual. I'm telling you, listen now. There are no Christian homosexuals. There are zero. Say, really? According to this verse, when a person is saved... That's who they are. They're a saved person. They're justified. They're cleansed. They're washed. They are no longer identified by any sin. Not adultery, not lying, not stealing, not homosexuality. Am I aware of the fact that there are some Christians who are involved in homosexual behavior? Yes, I'm aware of that. Have, have, Have worked with some. But I do not call them a homosexual. If they've received the Lord, they're saved. They're washed. They are cleansed. And if they ever want to get free, they need to see themselves the same way. I'm no longer that. I'm not going to wear that label saying that I am this. No, I'm a believer. 
I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He has set me free. And I'm telling you, that's the first step. That's how they can begin to come out of that and break those shackles of the old dead guy off of them. And get free from those bondages. Not by saying, I am, I always will be, just learning to live with it. Knock it off, man. The Lord Jesus did a work in you and set you free. And that's who you are. Identify with it. I don't call you a homosexual if you're saved. Now, if you're dealing with it, deal with it from that mindset. Okay, this is an area that I'm tempted in. I'm acknowledging that. I have these desires. I'm acknowledging that. But it's not who I am. And then the Lord can help you to overcome all those temptations. Amen. Amen. And this is the way the church needs to approach people who are struggling. People who are held in bondage. Do we love and embrace? Oh, yes. Bring them in. Bring them in by the hundreds, by the thousands. We'll love every single one of them. Jesus died for them just as much as he died for you and whatever you were up to. Just as much as he died for me and all my nastiness, all my sin. Are you listening to me? There's no difference here. And if you're, uh, if you're a person, again, who's currently, I'm talking to you. We're not going to expose you. Don't worry about that. You're not, not going to put, you know, anything like that. But if you want free... I'm telling you, there's answers, and there's help. Amen. But let's keep this perspective. Let's keep God's perspective concerning this issue, as well as many others. And understand now where I'm coming from in this. The foundation is this. We're about to vote. The people you want to vote for, where do they stand on it? What's their position on on issues of these special rights on these hate crimes, on all, all that kind of stuff, which is all code for propping up and normalizing homosexuality. I'm telling you, look at it. Look at it sincerely, and let's have God's perspective because that needs to guide the believer in their decisions concerning these matters. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you today. Thank you for your help. Thank you for ministering and working among us. Lord, I believe that you're at work in every person's life in this church to help us to think clear, to be established in truth, and, Lord, to walk free from the struggles, from the temptations, from the things that surround us. And, Lord, you're enabling us, I believe, equipping us to even a greater degree to be able to help others, to be able to think clear, have straight-mindedness concerning these subjects so we can be a blessing to many and we can help all who are around us to walk in your best and to have the victory in their life. Thank you for your empowering, for your anointing that's strong in us, equipping us to do what you've called us to do. Everybody say it out loud. God is in me. His strength is in me. He has empowered me. He has anointed me. And I am his vessel to bring life to bring deliverance, to bring help to all those in need, those in bondage, those being afflicted. I am their answer through the Lord's help, His Word, His name, His power. I've got it. And so He works through me to set the captive free. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're doing a good thing in us. Father, I do pray for every person who's in the church service today. And I pray that if 
there are those who are here that are not saved.